If you're still on the hunt for a sports book to call home, bet the nonstop action of March Madness with MyBookie. Enter bracket contests for a chance to take home prizes of up to $25,000 or pick from a huge selection of straight bets, props, and odds boosts. Whatever your style, MyBookie makes it easy to play your way and get paid. Sign up now and take advantage of our generous welcome offer to score a massive first deposit bonus of up to $1,000. All you have to do is claim promo code MADNESS50. But the fun doesn't stop there. Get up to the minute odds, free bets, and expert predictions to help you decide who to put your money on. The best part about MyBookie? You can bet on anything, anytime, from anywhere. Use promo code MADNESS50, that's MADNESS50, to secure your limited-time welcome bonus today. Broadcasting live from Florida's capital city, this is the Jeff Cameron Show, brought to you by Orange Theory Fitness on Real Talk 93.3. Now, stop what you're doing and listen closely. It's time for the Jeff Cameron Show in 5, 4, 3, 2, one. Billy Napier just trying to get to six and six in a bowl game. Mike Garbell and the Knowles already booked a spot in the conference championship game next week. They're thinking CFP. Knowles showing pressure late here, walking up a linebacker. They bring it and they knock Brown down. Akeem Depp draws a flag. It's an ACC crew. Jeff Heiser is the veteran referee. You're a son of a bitch, you know that? It can't be on that hit. Yeah, what do you see? That was just, that that is, that's just, just a football. Attack. That's a play. Yeah, that's a tackle. I can't believe they would have called it on Dents. I think you're just vindictive. Second and goal. Johnson walks in. And the Gators take advantage of that controversial call and draw first blood. Got to make a retreat. It takes a safety. That's it. I've had it with this dump. We got no food. We got no jobs. Our pets' heads are falling off. Seven holes from the 10. Benson, that's his first positive game after a couple of losses. He rips off 15 to get the drive going. And there they go. One sportsman-like conduct against number 95 for spitting. 95 is a You're the lowest form of life on earth. Rodemaker from the pocket does press the ball downfield. On cue, finds Jaheim Bell. The Rodemaker rolls away from the pressure, files near the pylon, reaching and making the catch is Wilson. Benson, Sutter step, muscles in, touchdown, seven holes. What a drive for this quarterback who needed something good to happen. Now it's time. I love being a Gator. It really does just mean more. I love being a Gator. Benson has the football. Runs through. Tackle straight back to the secondary.
Jeff Cameron Show. Going to be with you always. Hope you're well. Thanks for listening. Thanks for being here on a 12-0 Monday. Florida State set now for ACC Championship. Can't wait to get up to Charlotte where, uh, you know, I figure the weather will be a little crisp, which I enjoy, of course, but also the stakes very high as Florida State could win an ACC Championship. It'll be good to be back in Charlotte. We've been back because of the preseason festivities but haven't been back for a game of any importance in a long time and here we are with the ACC championship and of course the Knowles undefeated looking to stay that way I'll get up there Thursday I believe it is say hi to the Irish pub for me I will you you, you figure I'm gonna go you think I'd you thought I'd swing into the Irish pub there to quote somebody a corner pocket when I asked him how he was doing recently sad <laughs> that's that's how I feel <laughs> I'm going to miss that. I'll, I'll take a picture over a pint. Please do. And send it your way. I will. Friday, you know what? I'll cheers you, buddy. If you can Friday at some point, mm-hmm. what I'll do is I'll sneak out to a place that we love and get a Guinness. And I'll cheers you from Tallahassee. Yeah, do it for sure. And uh, look, I, I, I'm going to run into a, a ton of Knowles up there. I think we're going to be well represented. I've talked about this a lot, and that is that this team has been through a lot. Mike Norvell talked about that today. And is so eminently likable. Uh, they they find ways to win games in spite of real adverse situations. Now that's not always true. Like some teams win games and they really do a lot of things that you know to get in their own way. 2014 did that. That team was loaded, but their head was elsewhere. They had already accomplished it. They had already climbed the mountain. They had already won the national championship, and you could tell. Uh, a lot of guys were thinking about their future. A lot of guys were thinking about kind of let's do what we got to do to win games, but ain't nobody trying to get hurt out here. A lot of business decisions were being made that year. And it was frustrating to watch that team. Now, it made me laugh because they would get other people's hopes up and all of the haters uh, and all of those that really despise Florida State uh, had to watch as that team's talent overcame their attitude and they kept winning and kept winning and kept winning and kept winning 29 straight and they went undefeated and they made the college football playoff. Eventually it caught up with them. That team was the great mosquito lamp for the haters, though. They couldn't resist it. Oh, and yeah. they, they let themselves be known each week. Oh, yeah. They outed themselves all the time. They did. And then Florida State would come back and win, and the famed Not Tonight haters yep. with DiCaprio cheers. We took notes the entire year. We, we remember. We were like, oh, I'm on to you. You told on yourself again. The internet's good for that. So uh, it that was interesting, but it was not a fun group. It was not a likable campaign. Uh, this group is, man, it's truly so much better than its individual parts. It's unbelievable to think of the sum here of what they've been able to do. Knowing what we knew about any given week, how many guys are out or how many guys are playing at 60%, and then, and then you know, the, for whatever reasons, it, it seems to change every game. Something goes awry. And they just don't really get all that flustered beyond a series or two. They always find a way to get locked back in. And I talked about it in hour number one, just the toughness. And I, I think I admire – there are a lot of things about program building that's been fun to watch. When you watch a new coaching staff come in, you're looking for the telltale signs that there's an infusion of life and belief. And is the messaging something that is consistent across the board? Does the head coach live up to his own ideals? Are the assistant coaches – tasked with the same messaging consistent are they able to around every turn seem to have uh folks pulling in the same direction 
You know, and that's really what concerned us early on. I don't want to relitigate this, but at the end of Jimbo's time, you knew things were awry and that you had a toxic locker room. Willie came in and was never able to get that cleaned up, and they had their own problems with consistency. And so you realized, well, this isn't going to work. And again, I'm not going to harp on that, but by the time Mike got here, it was really a lot of us, especially old school guys like myself, that have seen it operating to peak efficiency, and they've seen it operate in a lot of ways that reveal the flaws and the, the, the problems within the organization. And so when Mike got here, he came in in terribly adverse conditions. Um, you're on the heels of back-to-back failures, right, meaning the end of the Jimbo era. So it was toxic by the time he left. Of course, Jimbo was 5-6 and six through 11 games that year, did not coach the final game, so he left with a losing record. And you get into Willie, and we knew pretty early on, you and I have said before, the Syracuse game. We went, oh, well, that's that. That's about the end of that. And then you've just – so you're waiting. And with Mike, I did appreciate even in the ugliest of times, including that 0-4 start that we reference all the time, messaging stayed the same. I just wondered if it would take. Right about now, Florida fans are beginning to wonder, is the messaging right? Is it going to take? We're lost, rudderless at sea. Yes, you are. And it's not about you. Get the hell up out of here. Back to us. So – then you saw evidence, and it began to happen. And then you want it for guys because you're like, good job, good job. These kids believe. These kids are fighting. These kids are working. And when you see kids who work hard every day and kids who work hard with one another and for one another, and a head coach, and I'm going to give him all kinds of credit here, who's very consistent, day in, day out, you know what Mike is going to be. And it's important. Kids need that. Kids want discipline, and they need consistency. They need to know certain things in their lives. Because when you're young, you're crazy. Your head is often, often left field. You're thinking about girls and what am I going to do for a career and your family and school and your place on the team and am I liked and all this nonsense, right? So you need to know These are the consistent people in my life. I know when I'm here, I can trust that this guy's going to be doing this thing, and this guy's going to ask this of me, and this is what I have to do for him, and this is how it's going to be every single day. And all that other stuff can continue to be wild, but I know I have this sanctuary. And that happened. That happened. You began to see it. So then you thought, okay, well, how does that manifest itself? What happens from here? What what does that portend? Well, usually success, right? Well, how much success? Because that's the next question after you have a measure of it. Where do we go from here? Well, last year it was 10 wins in the face of adversity, losing three straight games. How do you respond? You're bought in, you believe, but now you've had setbacks. What's going to happen from here? I'm pretty sure they're going to stand up straight, walk tall, and turn it around. But let's see how much success does it portend. Just got done asking. Well, turned out that they won all of their remaining games, and they came into this year with even higher expectations and more talent. So the floor raised. Now you thought with more talent, deeper talent, same consistency of message and hard work, they could achieve a lot. Bam, it happened. Beat LSU right off the bat, second year in a row, suck at SEC, we've announced our presence with authority. Couldn't have known it at the time, but it turns out to be the best defensive performance against LSU in what is perhaps a Heisman Trophy winner in Jaden Daniels of any team in the country. Certainly, even within their own league, that is true. So Florida State had nowhere to go but up and continues to ascend. And so that's what you'd hoped for. That's what you continued to watch. But then the adversity sets in yet again. 
They have the flu game against Boston College. They have a series of injuries to key players, mostly on the same side of the football, and that is very aggravating. It's one thing to disperse those injuries evenly amongst certain segment groups and you overcome by putting a backup here or you move a guy there. But instead for Florida State, for the most part, it's all on offense. One by one, an offensive line that we thought would be deeper and truthfully more talented than it is turned out to be not as talented as we hope and all beat to hell. And so you lose your starting left tackle, a starting left tackle who had been all ACC, is a good football player, figured to be an even better football player, has not been available. All right, now you're shuffling. One of the transfer portal guys you thought would be better than he is. Is he of value? Yes. Is he elite? No, not at all. Another guy who is really good and got hurt a year ago is now playing for you and you think is going to be really good as the year goes on. And guess what? He gets hurt too. And he, now he's missed a few weeks and all of a sudden you're mixing and matching, man. And your center is a warrior, but he's been dealing with a lot of injuries for two years. And so you never know, is he there series to series? How effective can he be? That is hard. That disrupts everything that you're doing. Now you add a few weeks without a Johnny Wilson. You lose the backups at key positions that are emerging stars. I would argue that Akeem Williams right now would be a massive part of this offense if he not had a setback with injury. Destin Hill would have a more integral part of this offense, would be a more integral part of this offense if he had not gotten hurt. He did. Jaheim Bell, the version you saw at the beginning of the season that you knew was on his way to superstardom, is half of what he was. He's plain. He's tough. He's good. He matters. He impacts the game, but not in the way that he would have if he had remained the version of the player we saw to start the season against LSU. So then he goes down, and he's back, and he's in, and he's out. And then, of course, ultimately, the crescendo of all bad injury luck possible, you lose the heart and soul of the football team. You lose your starting quarterback. You lose Jordan Travis, who was the glue who happened to emerge as an elite Heisman candidate player at the most important position. Now you lose him before you play a rivalry game with your season on the line and everything you've accomplished at stake. Everything. All of it could be thrown right out the window. And you go and win a game in which you didn't play all that well in an obnoxiously loud place that's very difficult, one of the worst calls you've ever seen to start a game. And Jeff Heiser, who sucks and is an embarrassment to officiating, with that call, next thing you know, you've got an attempt to get you out of your game with a lot of extracurricular stuff after the play, including a player in Jamari Lyons spitting on one of your players. Now that... I think men listening to this show, maybe all humans, but men, we're prone to fight because we're the lesser of the species. But anyhow, that said, you know and I know that if a man spits on you on sight, that's it. There ain't no conversation. You can deal with almost anything else. A guy can twist your arm at the bottom of the pile. A guy could grab your package at the bottom of a pile. It's problematic. But it's not the same as being spit on. Bring your own guts, right, Clemson? It's not the same as being spit on. And yet, remarkably, Florida State kept its cool. Kept its cool in the wake of all of that, including being down 12 to nothing with a backup quarterback who was saucer-eyed. 
who was struggling to find his composure. And that all adds up to what I speak of in regards of why it is easy to love this team. It's not just your school. It's not just because you live here. It's not just because you went there. It's not just because you like Florida State or Mike Norvell. It's the, it's, it's the guts, toughness, mental and physical toughness, week in and week out, getting you out of situations to remain undefeated that has you in awe at this point because they're not – they're not a smooth operating machine that you walk out and you go, okay, well, they're, they're going to hang 52. This offense is unstoppable. We've seen a lot of teams like that, including the 2013 team, and we see some occasionally around the country any given year. We're like, well, you could beat them, but you're going to have to score 40. You could beat them, but you're going to have to do this, this, and this. We're not that right now because we're just a hodgepodge of what we were, and yet they just keep winning and keep winning and keep winning, and all that mental toughness, all that physical toughness, all the adjustments, all of the things that they make. I mean, look, this coaching staff deserves a ton of credit. These players deserve a ton of credit. I don't – there's a part of me, obviously, I want to win the national championship. And it doesn't matter that I don't think they can. I, this 12-0 and season cannot be sullied. I don't – I mean, listen, we want to win in Charlotte, want to win the conference championship. I'm going up there. Obviously, every Florida State fan is with the expectation that they're going to complete the season and go undefeated, go 13-0, and win the ACC title. That's what we're all hoping for. But I'm here to tell you right now, at 12-0 and – if it doesn't happen, I still say this season has been a raging success. They are upwardly mobile big time. They have real culture. They have an, an elite class coming in. They have infrastructure. They have an administration who's on the same page. They've got the battles in. They've got a head coach who's consistent. They've got players who believe in it, who want to be here, who sell it when recruits come in. They've got the fans back. <laughs> it's all in place. Now, again, would I be – you know, really disappointed if they go lose in Charlotte. Yeah. It's not the same, though, if you go lose in Charlotte. Not that you will, and I'm not chalking this up to a loss. Not at all. Not with the way this defense is playing right now, and not with another week to prepare and take it more comfortable, all of that. Not with the what the coaching staff has done. But I would just tell you, you know, with a backup quarterback, it's a little bit different. If you went there with Jordan and lost, I think we would say, oh, that's a failure. You shouldn't lose this game with Jordan Travis as your quarterback. You shouldn't. And I would agree with that sentiment. It is a little different when it's when it's a kid who hasn't played a lot and is not of the same caliber. Yeah, it's a little different, but the thing I love about this matchup and the reason I like this matchup that's upcoming more than the one this past weekend because of the circumstances surrounding the game with Jordan Travis being out and also the quarterback on the other sideline, you're telling me that the defensive line is turning a corner from really good and something that can be leaned upon to elite right now, right here, against a quarterback like Plummer? who isn't going to make five dudes miss and then fire the ball down the field right. 50 yards on a dime. This is a guy who needs to have his timing. He's a guy who has to anticipate. He can't double clutch. He doesn't have the arm strength to bail himself out of a tight spot. Jordan had that. Tate Rodemaker, to a degree, has the arm strength to bail himself out if he can get off of the first free yeah, rusher. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If his internal clock and his awareness is, is up to speed, he can make the throw. This guy can't. I look forward very much so to seeing what this defensive line after the first half performance from Braden Fisk. There are some plays that get lost in the shuffle here that were made by Farmer, Fabo, Malcolm Ray in a big spot. But then the way it finishes with the defensive ends, with Jared Verse owning the second half. Yeah. With Patrick Payton. Patrick Payton played great the whole game, yeah. Owning the second half. They could have had a tackle for loss or a sack on every single play. 
pretty much, in the second half of that game. You're telling me that that is the defensive line that's getting off the bus for this game? Yeah, they're playing good Oh, right hell yeah. yeah. Bring and, that on. And, and Akeem Dent, I can't express enough gratitude for the way that he played because this is a kid who has always kind of been up and down within the fan base, had his good days and bad days. He's been inconsistent, but we've learned how valuable he is when he's out. I mean, you miss him badly because he gets everybody lined up and he knows what he's doing. And this game, physically, he was very, very good as well. Yeah, he was on an island on a few plays yep. and he came up with the plays. Came up with the plays, made big plays. Yeah, a lot of guys took turns wearing the cape. A lot of guys on that defense took turn turns wearing the cape. Braden Fisk in the first half, Akeem Dent in the first half. Later on, as you said, it's Verse and Peyton. You had a lot of guys take turns. And, and there Akeem, are individual plays where you go, oh, wow, that's right. Beyond the sack, Akeem also forces a fumble. It goes out of bounds. Yeah. I mean, it's a scramble play. You're in a desperation mode as a defense. And he goes you roll and makes over the, the ball, too. Yeah. I know. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. He was all over the damn field. Yeah. Yeah. Is Fisk bigger now than he was three weeks ago? Is it just the pants? Like, my man looked massive in this game. You know, I always talk about the Bama table. Certain uniforms yeah. seem to accentuate. I was like, well, Good Lord, Brayden Fist has gotten bigger. I think that's the first time we'd broken out the gold pants with this oh, year's uniform. they're just beautiful. So it could be that. Yeah, well, let's, let's stick with it. They look good. And that was – he was a, a he, wreck it. He was just wrecking it over and over and over again. Well, in pure JCS style and nomenclature and terminology, if he plays like that again this weekend, I think you'll allow him to drop those pants. He can. I'm not going to say anything to the man anyhow because I couldn't stop him from doing anything. He's, he's a giant – the Jeff Cameron Show, 93.3 Real Talk Radio, War Chan TV. Hey, Seminoles, we all know how important it is to score in the red zone, but are you prepared for success in the retirement red zone? Five years leading up to your retirement date and the immediate five years after are a critical time of thoughtful planning for you and your family. And our friend and fellow Noel, Adam Tolliver, and his team at Artisan Financial Strategies are prepared to coach you to victory. Some of us, well, we're at midfield and want to plan ahead. Others are ready to punch it in on the goal line. But they're making sure you know how much you can spend without running out of money, protecting yourself and your family against rising health care costs, or carefully planning your legacy. The Artisan team brings a combined 30-plus years of planning experience and world-class resources to help you navigate the way. For more information, just head over to KnollRetirement.com. Now, that's one word. NoLRetirement.com. Welcome back to the Jeff Cameron Show, sponsored by Legendary Home Loans, a mortgage experience designed around speed, simplicity, and customer service. Before you buy your next home, contact our friend Shannon Young with Legendary Home Loans. Visit FSUHomeLoans.com. FSUHomeLoans.com. Now, Peter, Piper, Pink Peppers, but run right, rock, something, something, fell down. That's his heart. Time, Jackie, nimble, what? nimble, and he was quick, but jam. Chef Cameron Show 93 3, Real Talk Radio War Chant TV. You can turn it back up now. <laughs> I just had to guide us through because we no longer have the edits, my friend. Oh, man. Well, it's day. another one that doesn't have an explicit tag in Spotify. Yeah, there's two times there. There's one. Come on now. Yeah, that's great. It's all-timer back in the day. Irash Fell going to join us here in mere moments as uh, we'll welcome him in. Is he there? He's good. He's ready to go. That was quick. Let's fire it up. Anxious to talk to Ira. What's happening, partner? Nothing, man. Just enjoying the run DMC, buddy. I'm yeah. uh, fired up. You and I both. Same age, same old school. Yeah. Uh, all right. So here's what I, I wonder. 
I loved in your piece on Warchant.com where Norvell talked about uh, he likes to make sure that the players do celebrate their successes. I think the exact quote is, we have a job to do, and that's to get better this week, and we're going to work our butts off to make sure that we achieve that goal and that objective. But if you don't still celebrate the steps along the way, you build confidence through those experiences. That's cool because I'm really left with that same level of gratitude for what this group has accomplished along the way. It hasn't always been pretty. It's a lot of stopping and starting due to injury and like up and down play. But, man, they just completed a 12-0 and perfect regular season, and they are two years removed from being 5-7. and And it is effing awesome to come in here on a Monday and talk about that. Kind of hard to wrap your mind around, and uh, you know, and, and it, when you took the big picture from where they were to where they are now, and it's funny, man. Like you just you see some of these other teams, the teams they beat, and um, you know, it, it's it's just it's so cool that you you've left that neighborhood. I think it's like uh, <laughs> you, know, you start having some success in your life, you start moving up, and then you go back and visit. Hey, honey, remember when we lived in that house? Yeah, remember when we lived in that apartment? And uh, yeah, Florida State now is is looking at those programs. And seeing them do the things they do that are stupid or silly or, or dumb or or poor, and you look at them and say, okay, remember when we used to be that team? Well, we're not that team anymore. Yeah, and unlike the team that a couple of years ago that got rattled uh, down there with some you know nonsense before the game and in the game, this team was able to kind of look the other way and get over that because Florida did everything in their power to try to entice them into doing something stupid. You have a spitting incident, which you rarely see. I see a lot of things that are ugly in football. That can never happen. How that didn't turn into a benches-clearing brawl is a testament to restraint. And then also, you know, I make it a habit to point out that we've really done some things that have damaged the game of football, and now officials are always looking for reasons to throw flags. Well, there's no worse call than that roughing call early, and it affected the game. It had a material effect on the game, and I think Mike was on the cusp of losing. It did for a brief second, but they overcame that as well. There were lots of moments like that throughout this game. That's a testament to that maturity and that experience coming through. Yeah, no, I agree 100%. And that, that play, was so, that, the, the first foul call was so bad because it really, the it seemed to me that Adam Fuller's defensive game plan and not not was not to let Florida, you know, convert third downs and march up and down the field, but very much like we don't believe you can execute a 13, 15 play drive and score in the red zone against us. And so, you know, really trying to keep things in front of them. And I thought, you know, they they were doing that, but you give them a free first down inside the 15 yard line that they didn't earn. It should have been fourth and goal from the 20. He had been a field goal attempt, yeah. And we're not sure he would have made it necessarily. Exactly. And so you but you give them that first down there. It's just it, it was ridiculous. Um but also, you know, but yeah, to the bigger point, um just having the, the just to take the game plan Florida State took into that game. I think on both sides of the ball. You know, I think Mike Norvell clearly I don't I would have liked to have seen the game plan if they had gotten better field position maybe. Yeah. But I but my guess is it was going to be conservative no matter what. Like I think Mike Norvell and Adam Fuller sat down, and Alex Atkins, they sat down last week and said, what do we think Florida can score against us with that kid at quarterback? If it's not more than 20 points, okay, we'll take, we're not going to let you lose this game for us. And so and it became very much a controlled running the ball. We don't mind punting. We're fine with that. And, uh, and so from that standpoint, one of the things I've, I've, I haven't posted my 3 one column yet, but I will, I think it's going to look a lot different offensively this week. I think they're going to feel like they have to score points against Louisville, and I think 
Uh, they're gonna. It's not a hostile environment, and I think you're gonna see. I think this game's gonna give us a better picture of what Tate and this offense could be than that game where I think they just wanted to make sure they didn't lose. It'll be a big game for Tate. I do think he needs to play well. He's got to play better than he did on Saturday night. I think you're right. I think they'll open it up a little bit more. Some of those games, some of those nerves that he had to have felt in that game should be behind him now. I mean, he gets another full week with the ones. He did come out of this game victorious. Yes, he was up and down, but he did make some big throws, especially on that 90-yard drive. So he should have a measure of confidence garnered from this game as well. He's got to play well. I think certainly Florida State's going to have to play well to win. I don't think Louisville will be that easy to beat. Uh, they're well coached as well. I know that our fan base will look at them losing to Kentucky and think, oh, well, come on. No, I think they're going to play hard and they're going to play well, and they have some guys. So this should be a fun game. But Tate has to play better, and I think he's certainly capable of playing better. Yeah, I think so. I think he is capable, and I think he knows that. And I think, uh, you know, again, I think that when you look at the situation in terms of you know, the way the game plays out, hopefully, you'd like to think they won't be backed up. You think that you'd like to think he won't be in a lot of second or third and long as he was in this game. And, you know, I thought it was, you know, Mike Norvell talking about Trey Benson's first run today was pretty funny. He basically said, like, yeah, I, I couldn't believe he just did that. Well, that, that play was huge. It's the first drive of the game. And instead of second and six or second and five or second and four, it's third and 17 or, you know, third and four or third and five, it's third and 17. And now that drives, you know, there's no chance there. Then you have the delay games. Then the next drive, he took a couple shots, one to Keon and one to Johnny. They didn't complete either one. And so it's like everybody's freaking out about Tate, but really there was a lot of other things going wrong as well. What was something that maybe we haven't talked about in the aftermath of this football game that either surprised you to the good or the bad, and I guess you could do it on both sides of the ball, offensively and defensively. There's a lot of elements to this game that kind of get overshadowed by certain other aspects of the game, but I, I thought there was a lot that we could dissect here, so I want to give you a chance to take a, a stab at the plate and tell me what you uh, maybe haven't talked about or we haven't talked about that you thought was vital to their success. You know, I didn't uh, – defensively, I mean, we talked about a lot today with the coordinators, and I know that um, you guys talked about it, I think. When, I'm not sure when you were on, but I know Tom and Jeff – Tom and Gene talked about it some on the postgame show. Yeah. Um, but really, Akeem Dent, I thought, was a, yeah. a, a shining star in that game because, um, you know, Florida State made some mistakes defensively, and, and maybe it's credit to Florida, Florida for what they did to, scheme-wise to get, to get some guys in space. But they did, and those are big-time players. And Akeem Dent – has had his moments, you know, like you think back to, you know, two years ago when he's been dealing with injuries mostly, but, you know, he's been, he's had moments where he's whiffed in the open field on some of those tackles. Well, he was money in that game, and it was huge. Um, uh, on, the, on the offensive side of the ball, I think, the, you know, I, I, I thought that they might get more out of uh, Johnny. Yeah, Johnny came through with a few big catches, but he also didn't come through with a couple of big catches. And Keon, you know, didn't get targeted a lot, but he did have a couple opportunities that didn't come down with him, including one in the end zone. And uh, so I'd expect those guys to come up bigger. That was, to me, the only disappointing thing was, and, you know, again, during the game when everybody's complaining about Tate, and granted, he didn't play great, and taking the safety was, was not good at all. But I thought you'd see more guys step up. You'd like, you'd see more guys. And really, the, biggest, the two guys that really stepped up in that game were Trey Benson, you know, and some of his runs, and Jared Verse defensively in Akeem Dent, but I, you know, I really felt like maybe those receivers would step up bigger for, for uh, a first-time starting quarterback, so uh, you, know, you look for that to happen this week. I know we'll never get a completely clear answer, and we'll be able to 
maybe figure some things out when you go to practice, how much of it we can talk about. Uh, we don't know yet. But uh, I wonder, do they have an opportunity? I'll just keep it real vague. Do they have an opportunity to get anybody else back, uh, whether that be on the offensive line or, you know, it, before this game against Louisville? Yeah, Alex Atkins was, I mean, I think he's being very candid. Um, you know, he said last week that Robert Scott was getting close to being back and, and that um, uh, Bless Harris was, was, you know, in the same boat, maybe a little bit further ahead. And then neither one of them played. They went through warm-ups, but then they didn't play. And that, that was one of the biggest, like, head-scratchers to me in that game was, you know, I really felt like, okay, now we're going to see them. This is, you know, this is a huge game. Um, you know, maybe we'll see Robert Scott back in there or not. He said that you know he they both could have played, but he really wants to make sure that they're as good as possible, as healthy as possible, and he said he he's convinced they're going to need them down the stretch. Well, here we are, you know, yeah, in the playoff if you don't win this game. So um, you know, I still think that those are probably your two best offensive tackles, and they really haven't played a lot. Robert Scott hasn't played a lot the whole year, and uh, but he has been practicing. And Alex Atkins said that today. Look, he's practiced. Uh, he's close and he thinks he'll play well when he gets in there. I mean, that'll be a big boost whenever it happens. Uh, you know, you, you like to think it's going to happen this week. I, I'll hold out hope that bless Harris is back. I see no way that Robert Scott's back. They've got to play him at some point. He's practices. You said over and over again, then he never plays. I'm just not buying it. <laughs> just, I'm not buying it. He's going to have to, he's going to have to prove it to me. Always a pleasure, brother. Be good. Thanks. Jeff. See you, man. Yeah. I don't – I mean, how many times can we hear that he's practicing and he's fine and he could have played? I mean, if he could have played, he should have played him. I mean, we're, we're in desperate straits here. we got both tackles out. If one of them can play, play him. I, I just don't see it. That is not a talking point that makes it to the national desk either. You know, we, we were talking when Jordan went down after North Alabama. Where is the precedent for moving teams up and down the rankings from the committee over the years based upon injury? Yeah. And, and Kelly Bryant is an example for Clemson when they lost to Syracuse on a Friday night some years ago. Uh, that was taken into consideration and spoken about on the record by the chairman at the time. In 2014, Oregon was moved in front of Florida State. A one-loss Oregon was moved in front of an undefeated Florida State because, according to Jeff Long, everybody's favorite yeah. commissioner in the history of the college football playoff committee, they didn't have their left tackle. Yeah. So left tackle injury did make it to the desk of the committee and on the television program and in those press conferences in 2014 that Florida State has been able to accomplish all that it has with more than just Jordan Travis going down. I'd be interested to hear if that ever makes it. They only got two more cracks at it tomorrow night and Sunday. I don't think it matters. We'll be in the college football playoff if we win on Saturday. But, you know, they talk about it like it's a Jordan Travis only issue. We have been beaten to hell beyond yeah. the normal attrition of a football season on the offensive side by the way just if you we always talk about the middle eight being a big deal Florida State dominated the middle eight in this game it should be noted and then I would also point out that you know they have total plays and then their scrimmage plays so it's kind of deceiving but you know we ran 65 total plays they ran 73 total plays but scrimmage plays were 55 to 59 from the line of scrimmage yeah, well, and we should have scored four touchdowns in this game, and that would have been four touchdowns and six possessions. Yeah. It's just you start so behind the eight ball with not having the football at all over the first quarter Very that it feels the, – the numbers don't look great however you slice them when you're talking about yards per play. It's awful compared to what everybody else has done to Florida. But you're behind the eight ball, you're beat to hell, and by the end of the game, if Keon doesn't drop out high, nothing. That's a catch. That's got to be a catch 12 out of 10 times. 
then you would score four touchdowns in your final six Yeah, he's possessions. made more difficult catches, that's for sure. He, mean, he would tell you that he should have caught that. Uh, by the way, the win, win percentage at one point for Florida well into the, the meat of this game was 88%. So if you if you if well, you, it's the free kick return past the fifty yard line yes, at twelve nothing with a twelve yeah. nothing lead. Yeah. yeah, you're in trouble. You're in trouble. And if and if you're a Florida fan, you're saying if we go down and score in that situation to get it to nineteen to nothing, Florida State's in huge trouble. Yeah, Billy well, didn't, don't. Billy didn't trust that they could run their motions and confuse the linebackers all mm-hmm. the way down the field. He thought a trick play was necessary to go for the jugular. Yeah, and he was wrong. Cost him deeply. Florida State does not get on the right side of the ledger for win percentage until we're like eighty-eight plays into the game. It's it's crazy. You're kind of that when you go back and look at that course of the year, game to game. You won't find too many situations where it's that high for the other team and that long before Florida State's anywhere approaching uh, being on the right side of the ledger. This is why I think what the defense did was so impressive. I get that they have a backup quarterback themselves, but the matchup with that backup is tougher for us, I think, than Mertz is. And this will be tested this weekend. When we play a pocket passer versus somebody who's mobile, I think the linebackers come into conflict less often which means better news for us. It also means you can pin your ears back and you don't have to run some mush rush stuff and play underneath and play conservative with the defensive line. So I think in general, it's a very impressive thing that this defense did because usually when you're on the field for 14 out of the first 15 minutes, in the third quarter and the fourth quarter, you're out of gas. Mm -hmm. Not only were they not out of gas, they were the strongest unit on the field across the ball. Either side, when we're on the offense or they're on offense, vice versa. Yeah. The defensive line finished like they were off the field for 20 minutes in the Dominated. first Dominated. It's really remarkable given what happened in that first quarter. Yeah, I talked about that middle eight. We, we had a, a successful play rate of 57% during the middle eight. Now, you look at early downs and all the stuff that happened before that, whole lot of failure. And this is a team that has failed a lot on first down all year long. The first down is not this team's friend. They no. struggle mightily to get themselves in high leverage situations, they they're behind it all the time, and that's because they can't line up and run traditionally. And we try to run a lot on first down, but it should be pointed out that on the ninety yard drive, it's counter left, and it does work, and it finally hits for fifteen. Well, yards. it's what opens everything else up yeah. once you get that going, and it's true they did. They rose up and had to to make that happen. They they were six, more successful in the middle eight running the football, um, and and that that changed the game. Uh, that it's you go back and look at the let's see the yeah fifty seven percent success rate on rushes during that stretch. Uh, yeah, you got two big ones too, and then the second half the big run left with Meech at left ta- left guard. Yeah, that was something that played out for most of the game, but then the drive after we score that second Trey Benson touchdown, Roddick comes out there, and I believe it's Meech that slides over to right guard, and I don't know if that was scheduled or if Keandre got banged up. But I sure do like 71 at left guard yeah, and 75 at right guard. I, yeah. I think that works out better for us. By the way, uh, you know, I reference Havoc plays a lot. You talk about a defensive effort that wins the day. Uh, win passing, Havoc rate for Florida State defensively 38%. For Florida, 11%. Mm. Uh, that's a big difference. That's that's, that's huge. That's you, know, you, had, you, you generated tackles for a loss, uh, 10 yeah. Uh, and seven of those were against the pass, and you ended up having, obviously, five sacks. That's 24% of the time the dropbacks. They, they were getting uh, to him. They hit the hell out of him, too. Yeah. He was hit all night long. And and we did pass pro pretty well for Tate. It's just the play that we all remember is on 18. It's not on the offensive line that they overload, and, and we take a Yeah, they didn't do a terrible job. No, they he, yeah. he got to get rid of the ball. 
Got to speed it up. Everything's got to get going a little bit quicker. Jeff Cameron Show, 93.3 Real Talk Radio, War Chant TV. The Jeff Cameron Show, brought to you by Orange Theory Fitness. Two Tallahassee locations, Midtown on Thomasville Road, and Northside in the Village Common Shopping Center. Online at orangetheoryfitness.com. Wrapping it up, Jeff Cameron Show has been a fun one because it's basking in the light of a 12-0 campaign and an opportunity to really continue to improve upon what's already been a fantastic uh, climb and step forward. You know, we came into this season talking about the 10-win campaign a year ago and what could you do to best that and where is the program at and how much better will it be this year than last and what's a reasonable expectation and we all had pre pre uh, season predictions and uh here we here we sit you know uh, 12 and 0 by any measure is a massive success and step forward what is the higher number for you this weekend your personal game total between louisville and florida state over under or the amount of Zaxby's that there are here serving an undefeated city of Tallahassee, a 12-0 and city of Tallahassee. So I didn't uh, – I'll need to do this right now, and so I will do this right now. Uh, let's, let's get here, first of all, and let me get an answer based on what I know the number to be. Okay. Our win streak also matches the amount of years of Golden Chief support from Zaxby's. 18. Yeah. That is correct. Yep. Closing in on 19. What a way to honor Zaxby's. Florida State, well done. Delicious Zaxby's. Florida State, according to DraftKings, just a two-and-a-half point favorite. Okay. Okay. That's That obviously directly reflects Tate Rodemaker. I think with, with uh, Jordan, you're going to see three to four points more. That's a six-and-a-half, maybe seven. Oh, definitely. Yeah, easily. I, I wonder if they're questioning other things, too. Well, I don't know. Well, I mean, they watch the game, too. It's, it's interesting. Um, the total on this football game is below 50. I'm going to say that there are more Zaxby's than the 49 predicted here in okay. the total. There are more Zaxby's. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go over that. You're going to need it. A lot of people here that aren't going to be able to make the trip. Yeah. You're going to do it for them. You're sacrificing for them. I'm going to do that. What do you think the total as you ponder the deliciousness of Zaxby's mm. and the myriad brick-and-mortar locations I'm around try town. try to keep my to focus. Get, yeah. I know. I'm okay. locked in. What do you think the total Margaret Thatcher. is? <laughs> oh, you going to do times tables? <laughs> uh, mm, Army-Navy. The game total? Mm. Boy, that's a future line of future lines. That's in two weeks. It's um, December the 9th. 37. 29. Whoa. Gotta hit the over on that, don't you? This I know is a year for year, unders. I know every year it's an under. I too. played the game under at halftime of New England, New York yesterday. Well, and 10 total, to 7 was your final. Yeah, uh, at the time, I think it was 7 to 7 at the break. Game total was 23 and a half. I played the under. Wow. Took it. Took it. Nicely done. Thank you. Can I give you some, for those that like to uh, really, really enjoy the downfall of a Legendary coach, you got your opportunities right now with Bill Belichick. Uh, the Patriots suffered um, a ten to seven loss to the Giants, and here's here's a small taste of how bad it gets. They became the first NFL team in thirty years to lose back to back games despite surrendering ten or fewer points in each game. 
Belichick has now lost two straight games when his team allowed 10 or fewer points. Before this season, Belichick had only lost two such games in 28 years as a head coach. That's a lot of games. NFL teams are 49-2 and this year when allowing 10 points or less. This is how that breaks down. The Patriots are 1-2. The rest of the league is 48-0. Oh. 48-0 if you give up 10 or fewer points if you're a team not named New England. Holy Jesus. That is something. Uh, tough times. That is gold. That stat is golden because he deserves it. We all know. They, got, they skirted some things. Spygate and all that kind of stuff. I don't care about yeah. The Spygate's worse than the Deflategate. Deflategate, no, Deflategate didn't matter, but yeah. It's not as effective gold though, as Warchant gold is. Yeah, and yeah. I posted on the Renegade board. Did you see that? You did the Renegade room. Jeff posts in the Renegade room. I think people. I was the first person to post in the Renegade room on the staff. That's is not, that is that accurate? Uh, no, I did over the weekend. I don't believe you. there were logistical questions over the weekend, so I answered I'm that. gonna pull this up. I don't think that's you true. were the first to post just because I was posting for a purpose. Yeah, you were doing tests and stuff. Nobody even knew. I posted something that maybe has not been replied to in any way, shape, or form, but I, I don't know. That, I prefer to operate in the shadows. Mm. But you don't have to with Warchant Gold, and you've got until midnight tonight to save. It is 40% off, 40% off to new members, and that gets you the following benefits. 15% off every purchase, all membership long, however long your membership is, to Garnet and Gold. It gets you an ad-free experience, videos, pop-ups, you name it, and access to Jeff's Renegade Room. I'm going to name it Jeff's Renegade Room now. I posted, welcome aboard, gold members, and then I gave the Beavis and Butthead laughter because it's gold members. <laughs> it was really funny and nobody Please even caught it. Please do more of that. Nobody even caught it. It's brilliant. You didn't get a like yet? Uh, there was I, no reaction? I don't know if there's likes. Are there likes? You can hit like underneath, yeah. Ben Spicer liked it. <laughs> so... That's a pity like from the staff. By the way, on my, uh, I don't think anybody knows it's me because I'm under Pop Stargell, so I don't even have my name <laughs> That's on his it. handle, Pop Stargell. It, it, do, it does say, uh, it does says Ultimate Seminole Insider. I have like a total of two posts in my life. Uh, but, yeah. but it'll be more in the Renegade room, so sign up for Warchant Gold to talk to Jeff. He's on there 24 7. No. <laughs> I'll get there. 365. I'll, re I'll respond to you. I will. It, only in the Renegade room. Oh, that riffraff. Only in the renegade room there. We're hanging out with the gold members. He, he, he.